All right, so on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about emotional intelligence, the ability to understand and manage your own emotions and those of people around you. But before we get into it, we're just going to kind of recap our last podcast on grit and some of our key takeaways. Big Brother, what was your big key takeaway? Well, um, there's a lot of them, uh, a lot of things that we covered in that uh, that were super important, I thought, to uh, to having grit. And uh, I think one of the biggest things for me is that it's something that is inside of you that you got to want to push through. You know, we all have things that come up in our lives and, uh, you know, having grit when those things happen to get you through to the other side, to have success, uh, take sacrifice. And I think that was a big part of it that we talked about was sacrifice. And I think mm. that's something that's, um, you know, not talked about much, um, uh, when it comes to, um, just the the mass population in this country and what they're subscribing to and what they're being taught is that um, you know take the easy path uh, you know take the shortcuts um, take a handout you know all that stuff goes against what grit is all about and and to have true success in this life um, you, you can't be soft you can't be lazy you can't be undisciplined mm-hmm. and uh you have to be a go-getter and that's what grit is all about it's 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 pretty much the opposite of what you see most most people doing uh, yeah. and uh i think that's the biggest thing and if you want to have true success in this life you have to have grit you can't you can't not have sacrifice you gotta you gotta do what other people are not willing to do Yep. And that's what I think it's is yeah. my biggest takeaway from that. That's great. My biggest takeaways were, were similar. Uh, the sacrifice part, just anyone who ever got anywhere, the sacrifice and delayed gratification. Anything that you want that's worth having, you 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 and you just can't have it today. Mm-hmm. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes failing forward. Um, and what what happened to me after finishing that one. I actually have like a, a newfound appreciation for our franchisees that have, you know, gotten through that startup period because it takes grit. You know, there's a lot of people that when you start a business, buy a business, there's this high that you get like, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. And then there's the reality smack in the face, you know, when your your crew quits or the sales aren't there or something happens and it's like, oh my gosh, this is harder than I thought. People said it was going to be hard, but I thought I was going to be different. Mm-hmm. And then seeing the franchisees and the people, even people in our in our lives that aren't in the, in the gutter business, but people that have gotten to the other side of especially a service business and they've actually built a company that's bigger than them, man, I have like a, 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 a such an appreciation. I know what we've done and all that, um, but sometimes I think we forget to look at like others that have done and been through the same. So it was a really fun podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, I, I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, it really, people that get to the other side of business are, are truly special people that have grit so, and I think to add to that too is a lot of people say, "Oh, it must be nice." We hear that say, "Oh, it must <laughs> be nice that you guys have such success." But when you look at people that are successful people, it's it, it wasn't always nice. It, they had to go through unbelievable circumstances. Most people, I can guarantee you, if you go back and you start to analyze what that person had to go through, 
and you look at their story from the very beginning to who they've become today, there's unbelievable amounts of heavy lifting that they had to do in their personal life to become the successful version that everybody sees on social media or in the movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's, it's not easy. No Uh, self-made success takes time and in time you have to have a grit. Uh, People who uh, have overnight success, that's, that is just not the norm. People who have overnight success uh, and just falls in their lap, that's not the norm. What the norm is, is that people have to go through a tremendous amount of pain and suffering Yep. To get to the other side of that. And it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a great quote that says, uh, it only takes 20 years to become an overnight success. And I feel like that we, was us. we live that quote. So let's hop right into emotional intelligence is what we're going to be talking today. And I don't think I even heard this term until we were in business for 10 or 15 years. Uh, it's kind of like a a topic that you might be like, ah, emotional intelligence, it's silly. But it actually is something that is so key to any good leader, any good manager, um, you have to have emotional intelligence in order to uh, build uh, anything big, be a leader, a manager, uh, a president, a CEO. Uh, shoot, if you just want to have success in your relationships and marriage, you have to have emotional intelligence for any of that. So there's a quote that says, in a very real sense, we have two minds, one that thinks and one that feels. That's from Daniel Goldman. So let's start off. I'll let you kick it off. What is emotional intelligence and is it really so important? Oh yeah, it's it's hugely important. And I'm not a very emotional person when it comes to certain things. And I've had to learn to really uh, self-reflect. And I think emotional intelligence is about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's about self-awareness, self-management, self-reflection, self-control, uh, all those self-words that have to do with you as a person and how you think, but then how you act on what you think is what encapsulates emotional intelligence. And uh, again, I didn't learn about emotional intelligence till we were well into business mm-hmm. and I read the book from Daniel Goldman probably like 15 years ago. I probably should read it again um, <laughs> because we all have these emotions about certain things. There's certain things that'll tick me off that won't tick you off. Uh, you know, and there's, and then there's certain ways that we need to handle ourselves in order to be successful, especially with people having emotional intelligence and a high uh, EQ, as he calls it in, the, in that book is, is important to being successful uh, especially at the level of business that you aspire to achieve and have success. Because if you don't have emotional intelligence, uh, you're going to chase everybody out of your business. Eventually mm-hmm. it'll happen. And, and, and some do it sooner than later. And uh, it's a super important part of being successful. So um, I would say um, emotional intelligence is uh, yeah, you can have all the grit in the world, but if you don't couple that with emotional intelligence, you're only going to be so successful. Yeah. So emotional intelligence, I think these are the people that pause and think, right? So there are certain people that you, I don't know how they know how to do it, but there are certain people in my life that, you know, like my father-in-law, there are certain people that I'm like, I know if I went to them with a problem that was big, you know, or had to tell them about an issue or something that was going really wrong. They're the type of people that, that don't blow up, that, you know, don't lose their temper, that they don't overreact, 
They're not the type of people that walk into a room and just fire everybody. They're typically people that, for, for one reason or another, uh, when they get hit with something hard or big or controversial or like, holy crap, they normally aren't the ones that freak out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I've noticed. And, and that's something that I definitely want to always work on is, you know, when you're getting a bit of information, uh, let's call it negative or, or, or bad news, pause. You know, that's just one thing that I've tried and I continue to, to, to learn. Um, so why don't we get right into kind of the four main points of the book, which are self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, or empathy, uh, relationship management. All right. So this is where we get to look into the mirror. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's funny. I kind of want to pick on you a little bit today. <laughs> but I might wait because I know it'll come yeah. right back to me. Yeah, don't worry because I'll just pause and think <laughs> yes. for a little bit and I'll fire something right back at you. So <laughs> let's start with self-awareness, all right? So how do you build self-awareness uh, is, is the first question um, that I want to uh, go into, but I'm going to just, I'll pick on myself first. I had a blind spot, uh, self-awareness, um, I realized that um, as as easygoing as I can be, um, I want to control things. I want things to go a certain way. I have a vision for things, and I'll typically try and manipulate a situation or a meeting to go my way. And uh, and I'm going to talk specifically about meetings. Uh, and this was early on, and, and hopefully I got better at it. But uh, I became really aware that we would have a team meeting, and I would kind of not only run it, but dominate it. And uh, I read this book, and I believe it was called Multipliers. Um, I'm terrible at the names of authors and things, but I remember there was a part in this book, and, and she talked about if you're running a meeting, or if you're trying to not be overbearing, she had this like three poker chip analogy. And I started to use this, and she says, you bring three poker chips to the meeting, and you have to choose when to play them, because those are the only times you get to speak. And I actually started to do it. I didn't bring poker chips, but I actually drew three circles on the top of my page for a long time. And I would, and it was amazing that as I wanted to jump in or somebody had an idea and I I didn't, you know, and I had a different idea, I'm like, ah, I don't want to use my poker chip for that one. And I would sit and a lot of times it would work itself out or I would say, you know what, I think this is the one I'm going to use. And I'd cross my poker chip off and I'd give my opinion. And that was like a self-awareness that I, I really didn't realize it. And it really, uh, you know, it, it's quite embarrassing when you've been running meetings for years and then you go, holy crap, I've been like just dominating these meetings. So that was probably a, a big blind spot for me was that I can be that way. Um, and I'm sure I still get that way in certain meetings, but it's something that I've definitely become aware of. Um, yeah, the last meeting that we ran. Which one was that? You forgot your poker chips at home. Hey, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's what I'm working on. It's a constant work of pride. But no, I'm self-aware of it. I just made it. that up. Because, oh, uh, no, okay. I'm no, like, what last meeting? No, I, I don't remember. <laughs> it just sounded good. Um, how yeah. about you? Any self-awareness uh, blind oh, yeah. spots? Oh, tons of them. Tons of them. Um, especially in the beginning of business, uh, little little things would pile up, and, and you know, and 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 I would just um, lose my 
emotional intelligence and just flip out and, you know, toss ladders, throw drills, all kinds of stuff. Like Phones. throw a, t- I threw a, I threw a phone <laughs> once at a windshield of a truck and busted it but uh, somehow, while I was sitting in the driver's seat. I have no idea. hit a branch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a lot of stupid stuff. Um, you know, if a gutter machine would crash inside of the gutter, gutter, uh, especially on a copper job when a copper coil crashes in the machine. That's the same job that yeah. we actually towed the truck to, if you remember. Talk yeah. about grit. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, having grit is one thing, but having emotional intelligence at the same time, sometimes it's tough, especially when, you know, little thing after little thing happens. And it's like you're you're at this point where it's like you're at the breaking point. It's like, oh, my God, if one more thing happens today. You know, is that like when you're holding the drill out really long and then the screw falls out right before you're about to put it in? Yeah. And it's the last (laughs) screw in your pouch and you're on a 40 foot ladder. Yeah. Those are awesome. That's definitely uh, test your emotional intelligence. Absolutely. But there were many times throughout business that you will have your emotional intelligence. And I certainly did. And I wasn't always the best when it came to how I reacted. Um, And I've had to do a lot of self-reflection uh, self-awareness, uh, on, you know, you know, if I keep on acting this way, my business isn't going to grow. If I keep on acting in in an immature way, uh, and let my emotions get the best of me and not allow things to roll off my shoulders easier, take a deep breath, reset, um, count to 10. A lot of people do a lot of different things. What do you do specifically? Um, Like if that, feeling creeps up you have a uh there's a check that goes up in my mind that says listen this isn't the worst thing that can happen um you know there's worse things that have happened you know this isn't as big as your mate your feelings so i control my feelings right i control my thoughts and you know this is something that i have to tell myself like if i want to be a better version of myself i need to control the thoughts once they come into my head because they're just thoughts and you know, it's not like your kid got in a car accident or something huge and horrible happened. It's just everyday things that are just problems. And I started saying that I started learning about solving problems because problems happen in business. If you're if you think you're going to open up a business and you're not going to have problems, you know, you're absolutely wrong. You're going to have to deal with problems every day. Peter Drucker says for breakfast, lunch and dinner, you, you know, he eats problems for breakfast and that's what I've adopted for my own personal self, uh, that problems are going to happen. It's just how am I going to respond to those problems um, that's going to be emotionally intelligent? And not only that, it's, it's uh, an example to the people that you're leading as a leader. You know, as a, a business owner, you are now putting yourself in a position to lead others in your company uh, and you have to make sure that you have self-control over those emotions um, no matter what happens, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, we have to remain in, um, in – we have to think before we act, right? That's yep. a simple saying that we're told when we're little kids. Yeah. And uh, that was something that I've – and I continue to struggle with it even today. I, 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 when, when, when too many things ha- hit me at once from different angles and it can happen within a matter of a couple hours or something, those are the things that I know. Mm. Are, those are my triggers. Those are the things that are going to set me off to where I'm saying and making up all kinds of words that people have never even heard before that come out of my mouth and it, there's no control. Um, 
and it's you know it, it, it's it's scary you know yeah. and uh it's not a good it's not who i want to be um so um that's so, that's um i guess no that's great so that's that. a lot on self-awareness and now now self-management i think ties into that because you know being aware of what you're doing uh is one thing then changing it you know how do you manage yourself and uh i had a behavior that um where every time i was i would give like information for example um somebody we had a solutionist back in the day and he was notorious for uh canceling his last appointments of the uh afternoon you know on a friday and it's like it's only so many family emergencies but what i realized started happening is anytime i got information I had my own story. I was building my own narrative on this person. You know, if somebody called up and said, hey, your crew was late, you know, I want to be like, you know, what the heck's going on? The crews are always late and what's wrong with you? Like, I started to build a narrative based on feedback, whether it was a client email and they weren't happy because the guys left a bucket on the roof. And I would then narrate an entire person's motive and everything else. And that was like a really good coaching moment that my coach had with me. It's like, Ryan, it's just information. Stop narrating. So when I get an email from a client that said, you know, this person canceled their appointment, I hope their family emergency is okay. Instead of concocting a story, I just showed the email and said, hey, could you tell me about this? And that has been something that has served me so good with any problems. This person said this and they're being a jerk. I'm like, okay, let's whatever. And I found that by not having a narrative, it actually helps me be a better manager because mm-hmm. I'm not moving forward with my emotions and my story. I just said this, you know, franchisee just emailed me and they said, this is what is happening. Well, that's not what's happening. It's like, okay, well, I'm just showing you. I'm not telling you that that's what's happening. I'm just showing you, read the email. Let's talk about it. And I'll tell you, that that has gone so far for me. It's, it, it, there's no story. It's just information. That has helped me tremendously. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And um, not jumping to conclusions, um, having some kind of uh, way that you, like what you just described, to deal with information when it comes to you. Um, and and that's been, I, I think that's something that everybody who's in business uh, has to deal with. Um, how do you manage it? How do you keep your stress level down? How do you uh, keep that from affecting you? Because at the end of the day, you know, it could affect you in your health if you don't manage these things uh, properly. The yeah. stress, the anxiety, all the things that we deal with as business owners that comes back to us. Yep. Uh, and for me, it's very personal business. So when I have, whether it's an employee or a customer that is not is feeling a certain way about something, or an employee that behaves in a certain way, and you know, I view it as okay. What am I? What have I done to fail this person? You know, how do I manage that? How do I, you know, get them back on track and manage that? Uh, not just managing myself, but having to get them to uh, become self-aware and have Mm -hmm. self-reflection and having a process in which you deal with it as a business owner is, is, uh, is super important Uh, because we're talking about uh, behaviors and dealing with behaviors. How do we manage that? Uh, And I find that getting people on an action plan 
is a great way to deal with it because it does exactly what you just said uh, you can do. When somebody um, goes on an action plan, you state in there, these are the things and the information that is going on that we've been discussing about. There's been some crucial conversations around this. Things aren't changing. Now you have 30 days to do it. And then you have a plan in place to manage it. And it stays in the plan. It's not staying in my head. It's not staying, you know, all in me. And now it's all on the plan and it's out and having a way to manage those things when they hit you and have a system in place, right? Having a system in place, uh, whatever that may be, that's just an example of one mm-hmm. in a in a situation or, or, or scenario of how to manage things when they hit you uh, as a business owner. Uh, but I think having a system is good because when you keep that all inside of you, eventually, you know, the volcano inside yourself is going to erupt and it's going to yeah. be catastrophic to the people around you. Yep. No, that's a good point. I think we need an outlet, and uh, a lot of people like there's something that, that people say that kind of it kind of bothers me. It's like. Um, well, you know, I just needed to vent or this person just needed to vent. I'm like, I really don't think that's ever productive. You know, when someone's just venting and they're going on and on, whether it's about somebody, a client, a this or that, you know, I don't always feel like that's the best way. And I I like what you said is developing a system around some of the emotions that we have. Because if you put it on paper and there's something actionable, it really does help us manage our, well, I think, our emotions. I think we're going to have people who vent, right? Yeah. But what do you do after the vent? Exactly. Right? I think it's good and healthy, uh, depending on the individual, to be able to get something off their chest. But we as the leaders in our business need to direct that now to, okay, what are we going to do to manage that and look at both sides of it here, yeah. of the story or whatever's going on in that situation. And let's come up with a protocol, a, a process, maybe it's a policy, maybe it's a plan, whatever it is to address it so that this rant or this behavior, right, that we see, because certain people that rant, you're just going to hear another rant in a, another week or two or a month and they're or whatever. often not looking for input. No. They, they just want to go. Yeah, and they don't they want to hear want nothing. To but then nothing changes. Yes, that's, that's the problem. That's the problem, right? Nothing changes. So in order for something to change, there has to be some kind of plan, process, procedure going forward to make sure that it just doesn't become a big rant fest all the time. People are always getting their stuff off their chest. And then we as the business owner are carrying around yeah. all this baggage from all these people that keep dumping on us. Yes. And we just keep listening to it. And then finally, we can't handle it anymore and we blow up. Um, yep. and, and that's something that can be really bad uh, for business. So let's talk a little bit about empathy. Uh, Simon Sinek once said, leaders are so often so concerned with their status or their position in an organization that they actually forget their real job. The real job of a leader is not about being in charge. It's about taking care of the people in our charge. Can you be an effective leader without empathy? Let's first talk about empathy. I think there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. Um, I know Mario, uh, you know, our, our sales trainer and developer, he talks a lot about this in his training. So the key differences between sympathy and empathy, sympathy involves understanding from your own perspective Empathy involves putting yourself in the other person's shoes and understanding why they may have these particular feelings. Uh, and I remember a time, um, I, this was a few years ago, 
and I was feeling stuck. Uh, business was growing, but on the personal side of things, um, you know, we're growing a business, we're, we're starting a franchise, but financially, a heck of a lot hasn't changed yet. You know, on the outside, we've got multiple locations. People think you're a millionaire and where's your Maserati? And I remember feeling like, you know, man, I, like, you know, I thought the financial side of this would have paid off a little bit sooner. And I remember going to my coach, Brian Nolan, and being like, listen, I, I'm feeling like a way about this. And it's not that, you know, I feel like I should have millions of dollars or this is in that, but I'm like, I've delayed gratification for so long. We've invested in our people. I feel like we've done all the right stuff and I'm still feeling like, when is that going to happen? And it was really cool because I feel like he was empathetic. He really listened to me and he helped and he put himself in my shoes. He talked me through it and he really just helped ground me. And, and, and from that, I remember that happening and I felt all this like way about it. And then, uh, you know, it, it basically, it, it all circled back to, I will be content in all things. And I said that over myself for, I think, a year or two. I'm content. I am content. And it was a really cool practice for me to say, I'm not necessarily satisfied and I've arrived and I'll never try and achieve anything else, but I'm actually content. I have a great family. I have a house. I have a more than I'll ever need and more than any one person needs, I'm feeling a certain way because I thought I'd, you know, have a little bit more whatever it was. And I'll tell you, like, that little turn of events was such a good grounding for me to get to the next level. And I really appreciate Brian Nolan. He is such a good listener. Um, he's he's uh, one of our business coaches. And he really just, like, took the time to look at me, seek to understand, well, why are you feeling like that? What What's happening? And and uh, you kind of almost feel like a jerk afterwards. You're like, you know what? What am I complaining about? You know, <laughs> I've got all these trucks and franchises across the country. Oh, but like you almost feel like such a loser for it. But I'll tell you, that was that uh, for the impact that that made on me. I want to be able to have that same impact. And when somebody is confiding in me or trying to share something with me, and if I've never been through it, you know, it's one thing if you've you know, been through it and you can say, oh man, I've been there. It's another thing to just kind of figure out how are they feeling? How do I put myself in their shoes? And then how do we talk through it? And and for me, that was a big one. That really was probably a milestone. I needed that. I needed to be content in everything, you know, uh, for that time period. And it was really good. Empathy for um, me is, is, you know, putting myself in somebody else's situation, which I have to do that all the time especially having as many franchisees and locations that we do, but it's not even just franchisees. It's with other people that are in your life that um, are coming to you or, or that you know are going through a hard time and being there to uh, upbuild them. Uh, we all need people like that in our life um, that can upbuild us. And I think um, for me, um, I can tend to really just um, just go to a, a, a point with, you know, well, you just have to do this, 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 and this, um, instead of putting myself in that person's, uh, situation. And I've had to learn that over time, um, because I'm a hard charging type of guy where, you know, yeah, the grit side of things, I get that the task oriented side of things, get that. But when it comes to the relationship side of things, 
uh, and the emotions and everything that goes with that, that's the part that I've always had a harder time with that didn't come natural to me. That's something that I had to learn about myself. And in becoming a better version of myself, I had to work on the emotional, my EQ on that side of things of relationships with people and being able to empathize with them uh, was something that I think I've grown a lot in because mm-hmm. uh, I've done a lot of self-reflection again uh, on my own self uh, to be able to do that. And um, I think it's really served me well because I don't think the business would have grown to this point if... Uh, we weren't people that had empathy for what others are going through, mm-hmm. especially franchisees. When they get in, like Ryan, you said earlier, um, they're really high on life and like, man, this is going to be great. And then once they get into the thick of it, that's when they need the most support and somebody that can have that empathy uh, to stand there alongside of them, be able to say, hey, listen, I know what you're going through. Yeah. And be able to tell them just stories of when you had to. Yeah grit it out. And these are the things that I have to do, but it makes it real to them and then be able to see that, you know, you're, you've been through it. And if, if you've made it to the other side, then why can't they? And that's what I think it is, is like standing in the gap for that person to be able to see that, you know what, I have all these people around me that have gone through this too. And I'm going to get through this, even though I'm feeling a certain way about it. Yeah. And it helps to, can help turn around uh, uh, the situation to being positive and, um, you know, and, and that's it. So that's good. I think um, that's well, been you, a big help for me. You hit a good point, too. It's like sometimes people know the answers that they need to do. They just need someone to say, man, I, I feel you. It's hard. Like we don't have to, well, and now do this, this, and this. Not everything's a coaching moment. If you go back to uh, the podcast with Jeremiah, not everything's always a coaching moment. Sometimes it's just being human and saying, yes, I understand things are tough right now. I'm here for you. You know, like, uh, I, I I love that. And I got to remind myself of that too. I think that's one of the areas that I, as I look at all these, I'm like, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest areas I got to continue to remind myself, uh, be empathetic, put yourself in their shoes Uh, especially when it comes to franchising. We've done this over a hundred times. We know the formula. We know it works. We know when things are, if somebody starts going astray, it's typically part of the system they're not following. So it's very quick for us to be able to throw up like five solutions when sometimes it's just, it's not solution time. It's empathy time. And that's what I think is really great about Brothers Gutters is that uh, we have that here. We have that where, you know, when I get off the phone call, I always say, hey, listen, if there's anything that you need from me, don't ever feel like, you know, when you're calling me that you're bothering me. Is there anything I can help you with is always, is a good thing that you could always say to somebody. Uh, but it's genuine. It's something that you do no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever, whether it's somebody in business or somebody you don't even know, uh, you know, being available is, you know, how do you feel, how do you feel that, you know, we all have seen this happen, but how do you feel when you drive down the road and you see somebody pulled over and they're changing a tire because they got a flat, right? That feeling that you have is either you just ignore it and you just go by. Sucks for them. That's a person that has (laughs) zero empathy. Or when you see that person, it's like, you know, man, I really, I know what that situation's like because I've been there. Um, matter of fact, maybe you even pull over and you help them. Uh, that's uh, what 
I think is important to building a, a, a solid culture and business is to have that. If you don't have that, you have to get it. You have to figure out how to get it. And, um, you know, call me anytime. Let me know how that goes out. When do you want to meet again to talk about that? <laughs> you know, all those things show people that you're supporting them. And that's yeah. what really empathy is about is, is supporting them and helping them to get through whatever it is that they're going through because you've been there. And sometimes you've been there and you didn't have any support. Many of us have gone through things and didn't have support of people because maybe they didn't even know we were going through something. Um, but people want to help. Uh, good people always want to help. And uh, that's what you want to do is surround yourself with good people and then go be a good person. Awesome. So we've touched on self-awareness, self-management, empathy. Uh, let's talk about relationship management. Um a little bit about how are we managing our relationships, I guess specifically when it comes to our team um, and how we're listening to our team. And one thing that we have in place here that this is a, you know, and if you don't have this, I, I highly recommend it, but um, having regular meetings. We have a bi-weekly management team meeting. It's an hour and a half. It's a level 10 meeting, um, which if you've ever read traction or things like that, it's an on the business meeting. These are the bigger things, the vision, the bigger scope, some of the projects that take months. It's, it's kind of, you're talking a little bit about the overall company. It's a very structured meeting. It's awesome. So we have those in place to kind of get a pulse from our team. I have monthly one-to-ones with all my direct reports, which is fantastic. Um, and then what I can say is still my favorite and one of the best forms of, of leadership uh, is management by walking around. And I, I love that one. So being able to just walk around a building, and it's amazing. I just I, I got in early to prep for the podcast, and I uh, went to say hello in the call center, and uh, I start talking to Terry, and she's so excited. She built this new presentation. And it was unbelievable that that, that little moment of me managing by walking around I got to talk to her about no show, do review. We could do a whole podcast on that because um, she's training franchisees. She's training employees. And it was like a big aha. She realized like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm teaching them how to do it. I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm not actually letting them do it for me to watch. So just that little management by walking around would have never happened in a formal meeting, would have never happened any other way. So I really feel like that's, if I had to prioritize, that is probably my favorite and number one way of managing is just going around the building. And I typically have zero agenda on a Monday. Monday, I don't like to put meetings. I don't like to put anything on because typically my entire day just kind of gets eaten up by walking around. Someone pops in my office and I realize, you know what? That's important. And I've actually, it, 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 it feels like a nothing day because it's like, I don't have anything on. I could just stay home, but it's probably one of the most important days I spend at the office. So, um, the last thing I'll add uh, from my relationship management on a one-to-one. So we have these really structured one-to-ones. I think they're really effective and they're, and they're great. And we go over certain things that for each individual uh, in, in my team and is what they're doing, getting them closer to their goal is pretty much the theme. But I always end when, and hopefully I have, a, I, I don't want to end with two minutes left but I want to end the meeting with this question always. And I got this question from a book called The Coaching Habit. And this question is, we've kind of finished the agenda. And then I say, is there anything else on your mind? And that question alone has just opened the doors 
to so many different things. We think we're good. They think they're good. Or maybe the entire meeting, that's all they're thinking about. I've, I've thought about starting my meetings that way, but I feel like we'll never get through my meetings <laughs> if, if we start with that question. But the, the amount of cool things that happened, I remember uh, a few years ago, uh, one of the uh, girls that worked in marketing, she was kind of like in the role that she had at the time, she was just feeling a little bit unfulfilled. It was getting to be the burnout cycle where it's like, all right, I don't feel like I'm writing on the same things and I'm doing that. And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And then she explained like, well, I would love to be able to do more in this. And I said, well, go rewrite your job description. You write the job you want here. And as, if there's a need for it, I'll make it happen. And we did. It was absolutely awesome that with that question, she got to build her dream job here. And many other times, um, people actually say what was really on their mind. And it, it's so freeing. And that's where that empathy comes in when they're like, well, this has been really bothering me or this is really stressing me out. Um, so I, I, I hit you with a lot there, but the bi-weekly meetings, the monthly one-to-ones, is there anything else on your mind and the management by walking around? Those are a lot of the ways I manage my relationships. So mine's going to be a little bit different because I don't physically live here at corporate anymore. And, um, so mine's uh, become more of just pick up the phone and, and call, uh, pick up the phone and call. And uh, that means a lot to people because especially a, even a franchisee or even an employee of a franchisee, uh, just making yourself available is another thing as a business owner um, and, and managing relationships. If people always call you and they got a message in their voice, in your voicemail that your mailbox is full. I despise that people's mailboxes are full. Who leaves messages it should, anymore? It shouldn't, it should never happen. Um, if you don't respond promptly to text messages or any kind of com communication, there's my rule is, is there's nothing red on my phone because I haven't <laughs> seen it. I'm like OCD about it. Um, and I, th I think more people need to get, more balanced with it. Maybe I'm out of balance because I don't allow any red messages to show up that are not unattended, but nobody can ever turn around and say that Ken Parsons wasn't available to, to me in business because I'm always available. And if I don't answer the phone, I call them right after I'm done with my next conversation. Uh, so I think being available to your employees, to your customers, to the people you're in business with, um, whatever it is that role that you play uh, in your world, uh, I think that's important. Um, and then also, you know, work from the bottom up. I think staying in tune with what's going on, you know, a lot of people probably don't know this, but I mean, I was hanging gutter last year helping my son in his business, and I was out there rubbing shoulders with apprentices, installers, assistants, and all the way up to field supervisors and training guys. Not only that, I FaceTime with other guys and that are in sales. And in, in I just had a call this week with Bob Treesh in Indianapolis, and he had his installers on, and they were asking me a bunch of questions because they're running into a lot of rotted fascia and different fascia, uh, stuff, but I made myself available to those guys. Um, you know, you want to have a big business, you want to have a, a great business, you have to make time for, for everyone in it. Mm -hmm. And you gotta call people, you gotta get on the phone. Um, and you gotta have that, um, that pulse of what's going on. Um, and I agree with everything that Ryan said too. Um, there is a time and place for formal structured, meetings 
But I think the stuff that really means the most to people is the stuff that you do outside of that kind of formal, uh, those formal um, systems that you create in your business to handle uh, handle things. It, it's 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 the things that over and uh, that go over and above it is when you're available to give even more time and so into those people and manage those relationships outside of those structured things. I think means the world to people. And if you want to have a great culture, that's one tip that I could recommend that's really served us well here. Absolutely. So we kind of covered all the stuff that, um, you know, from that book, emotional intelligence, uh, self-awareness, self-management. Um, there's kind of a neat question we have here uh, on core values. If you were to start a new business today, what, were your, what would your values be and how would you keep them? thought that was an interesting one that uh, Mr. Kevin came up for us. I'll start though. I, I heard I heard one years ago and uh, I'm like, wow, that just kind of encompasses everything. And once you start having meetings about it, then before you know it, you have 50 core values because they all seem great. But we care. I love that one. Um, just caring because that goes so far because when you care, it, it trickles, like you said, it goes all the way from the top to the bottom of your team and back up. It affects the clients. It affects everyone around. I, I love that core value. It's not one of ours that we de- developed years ago, but for me, that encompasses so much, and it is a litmus test. You know, So when somebody's having an issue, that's what a core value is. When, when something's happening, you just throw it up and be like, well, you know, in this scenario, is that upholding that we care? You know, like you said, you know, they emailed you three times and it's been three weeks. Like, do we care? Like, is that care? And, I, and that's where I think I, I love and hate core values. I, I, I have a, a love-hate relationship with them because I think for so many companies, they come up with these core values in a boardroom, they throw them up on the wall, and, and then that's it. And then they kind of you know, bring it up once in a while when it's convenient. I think most companies that actually have true core values, they actually just have them because they have them. It's not because they're on the wall. It's not because they have meetings and committees about them. But, you know, um, I, and I, at the same time, I like it because it is that litmus test when, you know, you can you can do that. So that's the one that I was thinking uh, based on, on Kevin's question. I, just caring will go so far. And I, that goes into, to add to that, um, how we feel about business, right? Because we're talking about emotions, emotional intelligence here. And how we feel about business, even though you and I are definitely different in a lot of ways, uh, one of the things that we perpetuate as leaders in the business is that business is personal to us. And when we fail in business, we take it as such a personal blow to ourselves that it, it makes us stay up at night. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that it keeps us up, you know, and, and, and until that problem gets resolved, you know, and, and that's what I think is really good. So moving fast, uh, when a problem arises like that, Agreed. Uh, I don't know how to put that into a, a single word of a core value, but for the fact that business is so personal that when there is problems that arise, um, we want to handle it in the best way possible. Uh, so that we can continue to move. So I think probably the best way to uh, encapsulate what I'm trying to say is the word trust. Mm-hmm. 
right? And and Stephen Covey Jr. makes a really has a great book, The Speed of Trust. And and trust really can really make a business flow really fast and business go to exponential levels. Yeah. Uh, and because the team is able to trust one another. Um, there there's a transparency that's going there. I think transparent is probably a really good core value as well. Um, we should redo ours. Transparent. We should. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, uh, so I think all the, those types of things um, yeah. is something that if I was to start a new business today, transparency is a big one that comes up about who we are at the Brothers Just Two Gutters and also uh, caring um, and uh, trust. Trust. That's uh, great. Those are great foundations to build off of. Yeah. Um, and I could think of some other ones well, like Patrick fun. Lencioni, right? Yeah. I'm going to, am I going to remember the actual author and book five dysfunctions of a team? Yeah. You cannot build a company without trust. Trust is at the bottom of the pyramid and everything else is built from it. So with the absence of trust, you can't, there's probably a good quote there that I can't remember, but Oh, there's tons of them. There's but, tons. Uh, yeah. I think trust is really the foundation of what you need to build because you know, when you look at models, different models of ways of people that, that they do business, and when we look at the gutter industry as a whole and how fragmented it is because it's a self, it's built on a uh, self-employed uh, man in a van type of model, um, it's hard for, for them to scale because when they get people into their business, there's a lack of trust that happens very quickly. Um, because even if you say that you're going to do this, this, and this for somebody, uh, and then it doesn't happen, or they don't have work today, or they didn't do this or that, uh, they promised me this, or they didn't, you know, there's a lot of that going on in a lot of different businesses. And uh, there's, and when you're not doing what you say you're going to do, uh, there's going to be a lack of trust. And I think that's super important. Um, when you say something, you better make sure you follow up and do it. Yep. Uh, because... That's huge. You know, that's going to be a huge thing. And we can get into a whole new podcast on core values. Maybe we'll do um, that next time. Maybe we'll do that next time. But, uh, yeah. All right. So Tie it back into emotional intelligence. <laughs> so I'm gonna, we're going to end the podcast with this. I have one technique that I've learned over the last couple of years that I do to help me manage, you know, uh, my own emotional intelligence and not to get things out of perspective. I talked earlier about how um, we can create a narrative when there's a problem. So my least favorite thing, and it seems to, this is how people do things, is when somebody texts you on a Friday and says, hey, I, I really need to talk to you on Monday. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? It's four o'clock on Friday and you want me to go the whole weekend inventing a narrative of what this could possibly be about. Yeah, they emotionally sabotage you. Yeah, that's emotional sabotage. That's my... So... That's mine. We got to get that copywritten or whatever. TM. TM. So what I've learned to do is as soon as I get a text or a message or a, anything like that, I just call right away. I don't care what it is, and mm -hmm. I don't do any research. If they're like, hey, I'm having a huge problem with so-and-so. I don't call so-and-so and say, well, what's happening? Tell me. I just want to get... I'm like, nope. Eat that frog. Boom. I pick up the phone and go, what's this about? 90% of the time, 
it's nothing as what I would have concocted by Monday is oh 50 God. times worse than the actual issue. And because business is personal to us, yeah. it would literally ruin our weekend. Yes. So, so if you call me with a problem on a Friday and you've listened to this podcast, then you're not an emotionally intelligent person. Yeah. You're an emotional saboteur. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And, and seriously, like, think about that for anybody. Don't do that to people in general. Don't right. say, hey, we really need to talk, but I'm going on vacation. I'll talk to you in two weeks. Yeah. Don't call someone on vacation yeah. and say, we need to talk when you get back. Like, really, you got to think about that. You got to think about the other person. Um, you know, what are we talking about? If you do need to talk to them, say, hey, listen, I would love to talk to you next week, you know, about this and this. Then that's great because sometimes you do need to have a conversation and people need to know what it's about. Um, but if you get messages like that, don't bury it. Don't say, I can't deal with this right now. Don't worry about it for the whole weekend. Grab the phone, call that person up, and they'll, you'll probably get a Cliff's Notes right there or an hour-long conversation. You don't know what you're walking into, but that has helped me tremendously. Uh, so thank you for you say something, because not only do you have to consider how you're feeling at that point, but you need to step back and think even a little further beyond yourself and how whatever you're going to say is going to affect the person that you're saying it to as well. Absolutely. And, and there's a time and place. There's a time and place for how you bring something to the table. And we all are working on this. We're all working on our emotional intelligence. That's why we're doing a podcast on this. Uh, but we have to think. We have to think before we do it. And not just how I feel, but how is it going to be portrayed or how is it going to make the other people feel around me or the one person I'm bringing something to? Yeah. And is the timing right? Is the timing right? Absolutely. Uh, timing is everything. So um, no, That's a great point. We spent the whole podcast talking about self this, self that. But what we, you know, we have to be careful of what we do and how that affects others and how that's going to uh, affect their emotional intelligence and their uh, their day or weekend. Well, I hope you gained a lot from uh, today's podcast on emotional intelligence, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one.